it is time to tune up the band. Put on your favourite football jersey and get out your best guitar pedals for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Reardon and Dan as we continue our journey through the wacky world of pro wrestling. Hello there, chaps. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, as the time of this recording, um, England have beaten um, Germany and the Ukraine and... I will not say anything further, but you can feel my screaming radiating into your mind right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Obviously hyped around the football and seeing as you mentioned guitar pedals, mate, once I get that loot pedal, it's over for these fucking suckers. Ooh. Ooh. Is, is, that, is, that, is that next on the buy list? Oh, mate, I've got a list of pedals that I want to buy and it comes to about 150 quid. <laughs> You should see. Which to be that's, fair, which to be fair, which that's to be fair, would normally be the cost of about one pedal. But yeah. um, I'm trying to do this on super budget, so I'll get there maybe eventually. It depends. No, you know what? That is not too bad. I, that's not too bad. You can you can you can scrounge that up. Yeah, I can scrounge that. Um, but no, I'm 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 happy. I'm excited. Football is happening. Um, uh, undetermined as to yet whether or not it it may or may not be coming home, but uh, we hope and we live and we drive. That is that, that that's that's the dream, isn't it? That is yeah. the dream. We need uh, a that, moment of national euphoria and yes. probably an extra bank holiday because of it. Just yeah, so. and you know, and despite that, it's I managed. I, I only had my father only had to wait until after both of his children grew up to see England beat Germany again. So there you go. There you go. Yes, it's, it's exciting times in the sports ball. Yeah, go football. Yeah, uh, sports yes. ball. I'm a football fan. Sports ball. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I think I got away with that, didn't I? No, yeah, you did. You're good. You're good. We good. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no as ever moving quickly along we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at soundcloud spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and always be pending you know guys we're not sure that it we're not sure whether or not it's coming home but there is one thing i am sure about that we will always and i do mean always be pending <laughs> that's 100 that is mm. that is for sure and we are reaching the end of Ch- uh, chinwag week over on project dits which has been so D-D-D-D. awesome to see yeah so awesome to see good reception fantastic it's reception us for that as every well. day exactly <laughs> who wouldn't want that i know the answer is me no i'm lying <laughs> <laughs> oh man so before as ever, we get on to our next instalment of Great Wrestlers You Never Knew. It is time to say hello to Dan, hello, for this week, and visit him for this week's Wrestling News. Dun, 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 down. It's wrestling news, it's wrestling news, it's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling news. Wow, that's worked much better than I thought it was, actually. Yeah. Oh, good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's get on to the in review. Uh, Sam, do you have any standouts from Raw? I don't really have any in my notes. Let's move on over to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, uh, just kind of like it's still going through the motions. 
I can't read. Yeah. That so shows you how much I should have uh, prepared because I had watched Raw and I've completely forgot what has happened on Raw. Yay! Hey. Let's move over to NXT. Hey. <laughs> Lots of really, really good stuff coming out of NXT. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, new North American champion. Love to see that. You love um, to see it. I don't know necessarily how I feel about the supposed move of Bronson Reed to uh, main roster. Um, to bring up, uh, oh god, uh, I, I know we've mentioned it before. I want to, uh, <sighs> uh, Phil, Phil, someone, Phil, someone, Phil, someone. No, wait, no, that's not a, that's not a direction. <laughs> no, um, I want to say Phil Dawkins. Um, we've mentioned him, him in his articles before. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is. Uh, it's not that I don't have faith in the talent. I don't have faith in main roster's ability to make me care about the talent. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is basically the, the, the point where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Because we all know how good the thick boy Bronson Reed is. Oh, we yeah. do. Absolutely. Um, I think he's great. I think he has everything to be a bona fide star. Um, but obviously with the way that NXT call-ups have kind of been recently, <clears throat> you know, I feel like everyone's recently. kind of feeling an exhaustion. I, I, I'm sorry, I have to I have to cut you off there. Recently? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, I mean, I'm using recently to mean like the last two years, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Remember, remember Keith Lee? I do. I remember Keith Lee. Oh, wow, that hurt. Oh, that hurt. Okay. So, it does. So yeah, I mean, I mean, at this rate, I think most of the people that have been called up have actually gone. I mean, definitely more of them have been released than have become champions. Oh jeez, oh jeez. Yeah. Oh god, that's so. Depressing. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, if you want to think about that contextually, then uh, then you know that's that's there for you. Uh, everyone screams um, internally as they hear that. Oh, so much screaming. Uh, we had the start of the NXT breakout tournament. And fun fact that I forgot, WWE signed Joe Gacy. I forgot they signed Joe Gacy as well. He was in the October class. Yeah. Right. Which also, which also had um, Anthony Green um, and Alex Zane in it. Yeah. Shout outs to Ari Sterling. Yeah, shout out. Um, but I completely forgot that they got him. So I was there and I was like, oh, um, they've got someone in this break tournament. Called- I thought Joe Gacy was like someone they'd renamed. <laughs> mm. And then I watched it and I was like, yo, I remember him from CCW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love to see that. I hope that they make the full use out of him. Mm hmm. Again, bona fide talent. It's going to be um, a good breakout tournament for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, interesting to see Guru Raj, who was featured in the Superstar Spectacle. Yeah. Um, so far, we haven't really seen much of anything from anyone that came as part of that. Yeah, which um, is a shame. Well, I mean, so far, the most news that we've had was that uh, back before Kavita Devi got released, so... Yeah, um, but remains to be remains to be seen how that's going. But interesting to see him over in the US and competing. Um, definitely not a bad wrestler. 
No, not um, so. I think he needs. I think he needs seasoning. <laughs> that's um, that's for true. <laughs> that's for, yeah. That is for true. Um, but yeah, like could do could do some more seasoning. But um, no, pretty pretty good. Um, pretty good showing there. Um, we had the other match as well with uh, Desmond Troy. For now, I thought his name was previously Denzel Dejonet, but everyone keeps telling me it's Desmond. So I don't know where I got I got the other name from, but <laughs> Denzel. <laughs> but um, uh, I can't remember who was in the match with now. Um. Oh gosh. Um. This uh, really shows I did my notes, didn't it? Oh gosh, what did he? <laughs> it was two hundred five live he was in, wasn't it? Yeah, they were both on two hundred five live. And uh, he went up. I think he was still wearing the same singlet he was wearing when he oh, was he dropping was, on he Raw, was. wasn't he? <clears throat> <laughs> no, no, no. He was wearing this. He was wearing the. Oh, uh... he was facing Joe Gacy, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he was facing Joe Gacy. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now I've, I've, I've like. Oh, it was Andre Chase. Andre Chase that faced Kuru Raj. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, formerly Harlem Bravado. <sighs> they really. I'll tell you this much. They really do have a knack, don't they? WWE of taking an incredibly good name and then just, they just giving you like. Giving you so much, so much in return. It's like we're not going to copyright your name because you've got that. So we're going to give you this name instead. Well, yeah, I said it's, it's funny that I mean Joe Gacy has his name because it's his name. Let's never forget Christian Casanova. Like a moment of silence, please, for Christian Casanova. I know that's so good. But then again, though, I feel like with Christian Casanova, they just give him like the Lavario gimmick. Oh, crumbs, yeah. So I mean, maybe that's for the best. But no, it was fantastic to see, um, and it was great seeing two people that I've seen uh, throughout their time on the independent scene, yeah, um, you know, make this appearance. And I, I'm really hopeful for the rest of the um, for the rest of the NXT breakout tournament. Really, yeah, it's it's going to be good. If if, it's, if if the last one was anything to go by of how successful everyone that has been in that tournament was in the last one, yeah, I really hope for every single competitor. That they that they are going to be doing something special in NXT for sure. No, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so going on from that as well, we had the amazing spot between Adam Cole, Kyler Riley, and Samoa Joe. <laughs> great segment, great. Segment. Which I absolutely love for the moment of when Kyler Riley had the heel hook in, and Joe just goes over. It's like yes. Some good talk there. I like that. <laughs> That's Adam Cole screaming, Help me, Joe! Help Adam, me! Adam Cole is just like screaming for his life, and Joe's just like, Yo, let me let me come around the side there. Let me, let me get a peep of that. Oh, it's pretty good. Right. You have some good technique. I, oh, it I, was so good. I've been waiting for a segment that is like that, and it didn't fail to disappoint me. Just, just a wrestler who, who, who may potentially help, just goes like, you know what? No, I'm gonna get a closer look. That's easy. Yeah, he's just, just like, yo, okay then. It's like Triple okay, H. Okay then. It's like Triple H in tough enough. Oh, good snap. <laughs> <laughs> good snap. Good snap. <laughs> oh God. But no, like genuinely, overall. Um, NXT has been uh, pretty impressive so far. I'm still, I guess, <laughs> undecided on Karrion Cross, which sounds stupid because we all know how good he is. Yeah. But I feel like with time, I'm starting to like him less, and I don't necessarily know why. 
it's just I think the momentum's just going very slowly but surely I think for them yeah and that's um, and that is a dying and crying shame because as you said well because I don't I don't know what it is I certainly think one of the things is that they keep getting they they keep putting him in promo segments where he gets absolutely cooked (laughs) yes yeah yeah, he's your NXT champion. Make I him... do hate. They put him in with people who are absolutely gonna just cook him on the mic, because <laughs> they had him in there with Joe, and Joe was like a good free. He was Joe was playing with Joe was playing chess with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know necessarily like what it was or what it was about it that just kind of. It, you know, led to this weird kind of situation. Mm. But I don't know. I don't think it necessarily really reflected the best. Is it a creative decision? Is it a booking decision? Maybe it's a combination uh, of both, perhaps? I don't know, really. I think... Um, I, th- I think the main event thing that happened when he was on main event certainly, I believe, has not helped cross in any way shape or form as well yeah no that is true um i mean we're rounding off we're rounding off um pride month we had the as far as i'm aware the first mixed tag match with two openly with two openly gay competitors as well which is nice and no, and no it's not billy and chuck for before people ask it's not billy and chuck We've been over that. <laughs> God, we've been we over this. <laughs> oh, and of course, how could I forget? We, we're getting more Malcolm Bivens, so like that's just like twelve billion times better. It, oh. The product is instantly improved. By the way, speaking of Malcolm Bivens, and speaking of the Diamond Mine, when I saw Roddy put on his um, his very famous "I am going to kick your ass" five ways from Sunday boots, I was like. Oh, oh, the tiny getting, boots. Yeah, I was like, "Oh crap, we're getting we're getting the Roderick Strong back up." <laughs> oh yeah, we're getting like, we're we get we're getting a like a distilled down version of ROH Roddy. <laughs> it's not quite full Roddy, but it's close. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, and um, man, Baron Corbin looks like he's been going through it. <laughs> I mean, he has been. <laughs> Nah, but I mean, like, now they got him looking like he's going through a second divorce. Oh, God. <laughs> they really have, Rich. And it's, 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 kind of, it's kind of sad and impressive to see at the same time. Hmm. I, I genuinely mm. think it is, it is saddening. And I don't know that I'd have ever expected people to be using Baron Corbin for sympathy. But here we are. Is this, is this, here is, we are. Is this going to be their way of kind of justifying the go, the name change of Baron to Happy Corbin? Okay. I really, I mean that to, that is a thing that we saw that they have trademarked, and I really look right. I know people are like, oh, don't just repeat stuff over and over again. But like, I'm sure he could get away with the Lone Wolf again. I really yeah. think he could. Failing that, like, if, ha- if Happy Corbin's going to be a Happy Gilmore gimmick, I'm all for that as well. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> That's your ball! That's your home ball! Why did you just go home? But, um, it's like I said to people when I was watching this, I was like, 
Okay, but like theoretically, Shinsuke and Biggie are the faces in this. They just fucking destroyed this man's car. <laughs> <laughs> That's pure attitude error booking, right there. Yeah, I know. Um, we had Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn in a last man standing match to qualify for Money in the Bank. Uh, as I'll say to everyone, uh, you and I are destined to do this forever. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It'll be, it'll be. I am hoping like when they're both in the same retirement home at like eighty in their mid eighties, and Kevin is still power bombing Sammy onto an apron. That's what I mean. They're just gonna find a way to do it. But no, I mean like it was a good match. Um, I really wish they did more with this Sami Zayn character. Same. I mean, he did get an IC, he did get an IC title run. Um, we'll just have to see where it goes from there. <clears throat> a returning Zelina Vega. Uh, is now in the uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match. <laughs> I mean, I, all right, fair play to the, I think it might have been OSW that spotted it, but Zelina Vega kind of looking like Tatanka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Oh I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Also, bloody shock as as anything to see Zelina yeah. Vega back. I was like, what? yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that's that's a real shock. I thought she was gone, gone. Yeah. yeah, well, uh, put her into the women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, which we then also know uh, Liv Morgan getting the win. And yo, I can't lie. This I hope that they build this Liv Morgan story right. Please, please, because it's like Liv Morgan she's going is justified in her actions and what she said after. The she's match. justified, but I, like, like people were there, and I'm like. Um, in a way, it is kind of just rehashing the Daniel Bryan storyline, but for the women's division. But A, that storyline is a good framework of someone competing against all odds to be successful. It's Kofi Mania all over again, everybody. What I mean, it's like, it's like the people like, oh, it's such a predictable storyline. I'm like, yes, but it's a good one. And done right, it could be great for the women's division. It like could be the I shot said, in the arm that it needs. As I said to people um, like when I was talking in the Shining Wizards Discord, I was like, predictable doesn't mean bad. Mm. Like, if if you can tell where a story is leading you because like everything in the story is pointing in a certain way, then mm. I would argue that's a pretty well told story yeah like if you if if you start a story and you know immediately where it's going to end yeah okay that's pretty bad but if you have everything in there to kind of fill everything out yeah. and like say hey look here's the direction we're going in twice Liv morgan has been snubbed for other people to get into the women's money in the bank mm. and then now you know, she's having these matches to basically try and impress Sonya Deville to putting her into the match. You know, it's her against a bunch of people that she thinks haven't deserved their chance. Dude, if Liv Morgan comes out of this with a women's title, I'll be yelling. Yeah. yeah. I'll be so happy. So I've, me and a lot of other people, I think. Because I think it's the general consensus, I'd say, is that a lot of wrestling fans, whether you are casual or hardcore, really 
are on the side of Liv Morgan and have been for quite a long time. She's oh, well, been yeah. the ringer time. and then some on the main roster since she uh, got called up. Again, as I, as I said to people, Riot Squad never getting the women's tag titles, travesty. Yeah. Complete yeah. travesty. Yeah. Literal wasted decision. <laughs> um, and then obviously finishing our SmackDown, we had uh, Angelo Dawkins versus Otis. Otis picking up the win. This is the new aggressive Otis being coached by um, Chad Gable. It's good to see. Uh, uh, it's there, good. Was a, there was a good little interview segment, though, yeah. for this. Yeah, it was a really yeah. good interview segment. All I'll say is it's good to see Bobby Hill get into a good profession. Nah, I, I kid, I kid. I mean, I couldn't shake no, that like, promo that, that Otis it, did look like Bobby Hill. I'm not gonna... Nah, that is true, though. But no, it was like there was a good little segment, interview segment, where he was just like, look, I, lo- I lost my girlfriend in Mandy Rose. I lost, my, I lost the money in the bank briefcase. I lost my friend, and Chad Gable was helping me. Mm. Like, it's, it, it's amazing what you can do when you give people depth. I know, right? See, Vince, um, people mo- don't have to be one-dimensional. Yeah. I know, it's great. Oh, before you move uh, on, though, can we mention <laughs> Kevin Dunn's terrific work in the... Oh, in the let's talk about so- Kevin Dunn. Is that 12 cuts in eight seconds? His <laughs> previous record was nine and eight. Gonna, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you, I'll let I'll let Ridden and Sam talk about this because I don't know... I, I mean, the most I know about film is GCSE Media Studies. So, um, so, I'll, so I'll let I'll let you two just riff on this because you know more than me. So Reardon, the one question I have to ask is: Do you feel sorry for the vision mixer who's been told by Kevin Dunn to just go cut, 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 cut? Literally, I'm. That is that was my immediate question. So for those of you who don't know about like about live broadcasting, there's this guy called a vision mixer and his job is essentially to make the cuts you see when it's live Mm. and he normally has the producer there who goes okay cut to camera two and now camera three and and so on and so forth for the rest of it this so normally when you're doing vision mixing and stuff like that it's cut to camera two you do a little pause all right cut three and then four, and that, and you know, and that's how it goes. So the only way this works is if Kevin Dunn is literally cutting this himself, <laughs> because I cannot understand if he's saying like camera two, now camera three, now camera four. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. I can that guarantee me- to you, Kevin Dunn is almost definitely doing these cuts himself. Yes, which shows me that Kevin Dunn has no idea what he's doing. Yes, no. I feel like he he. I feel like he's a kid on sugar sometimes when it comes to his directions it's, for the camera crew. Honestly, at that level, it reminds me of Suicide Squad. <laughs> See, so in here's that, the thing. Here's what I was gonna say, right? Because you guys are obviously you know involved in film and TV. Yeah. You join me in bl- in partially blaming Taken for this new phenomenon of like a- excessive cutting. Nah, it's not Taken. Taken was one of the worst examples, but he weren't. It wasn't the first. It's something that's popped up a lot. People say like the Born Supremacy, Born Ultimatum, but that's more in terms of camera shaking. Yes. This is like it's like a degradation of action cinema 
in terms yeah. of people just not knowing when to cut. It's insane. <laughs> it's un. It's like I don't have the words for it. It just at this level, it just it again. It's Suicide Squad. In the it gave me the same feeling of not in terms of it just being bad, but in a at this level, it should not happen. <laughs> I've always said the best action is the one where you let the action speak for itself uh, and for the camera crew to be to be as what was the word as as simple, as simple as possible, which is all why, why I've always said that Japanese camera crews have always got wrestling down to a fine art in terms of coverage and how to shoot around it and shoot with it. Oh, yeah, their coverage is fantastic. Love to see it. Love to see it. So it's, and it's yeah. It's just like it's just it should not be this way. It just shouldn't. <laughs> UK don't... wrestling UK wrestling shows be like, hey, here's a guy standing by the side of a camcorder. Now I hope you like looking at this match through the ropes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> at least with that you can see the damn match. <laughs> You re- you realise Dan, there has been an upgrade since the turn of the century. I mean, they, oh, every every indie company in this country uses DSLRs now. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot they even sometimes have a top shot. That is true. <laughs> um, moving on though, um, we're going over to Japan because there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff coming out of there right now. Absolutely, big wins for the UK outside of football. Uh, Francesco Akira winning the All Japan Trip crown uh, and drew parker winning the ikit tusen i butchering japanese uh deathmatch tournament he's the first non-japanese wrestler to win it um and uh boys you love to see it even if it was an absolutely terrifying match um after it finished it's great to see oh, yeah. drew parker um after because i saw one his last match in the uk before he did his excursion to big japan to see that the fruits of his labor and 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 the gamble on himself is working. It's like what I thought about Chris Brooks when he went to. Yeah, as I said, it's, I'm I'm so happy to see these wrestlers taking a gamble on themselves. And Francesco Akira, man, doing Italy so freaking proud as well by becoming a uh, All Japan uh, like heavyweight champion, man. Like I saw Frank's tweet, Frank Mandolini, and, he, and you could tell the pride emanating from that tweet. Oh yeah. I mean, I I imagine if he came through the Italian system, he probably had some time in the. The Italian IWA, <laughs> exactly, which is just Italian Wrestling Association, with the biggest promotion in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but no, absolutely amazing to see, and I'm happy to see, um, happy to see the Euro Boys um, making more progress outside, out there, and people taking bets on themselves yeah. to do it. Um, <clears throat> moving over to Noah, man. Keto lighting his kick pad on fire to kick the great Muta in the head. <laughs> you love to see it, boys. Anything you could do, I could do crazier. <laughs> I can't lie, Keto is slowly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. Considering I only really found out about him this year and I wasn't too great, I wasn't too hot on him. I did like I did, I liked his look. Yeah. With the with the red pleather trousers and the blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Love that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh no! It's I, man, twenty twenty one's crazy when you find out like one of the best spots has been lighting your kick pad on fire. <laughs> That's what I mean. 
I guess for me as well, it, was, it feels like the novelty of it happening in Noah, because I always felt like Noah was such a straight-laced promotion. Exactly. <laughs> So I guess I just don't expect to see it. <laughs> but no, um, abs- absolutely fantastic. Um, even though I haven't been the biggest fan of them this year, I want to give a shout out to Stardom. Um, really just to say that they've got a great future in place. Yeah. Um, especially with the uh, the growing storyline between Starlight Kid and AZM. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, which is crazy when you think Starlight Kids, Starlight Kid and ATM are nineteen and eighteen respectively. Just like damn, like seriously, damn. <laughs> like it's 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 kind of crazy um, to think about to think about where they are. Um, more great showings from Julia as well. Um, really, really great tag match um, mm-hmm. in the latest show. Um, again, someone who I necessarily haven't really been the hottest on uh, for the last year. But I'm kind of coming slightly on side with her. Not agreed. I don't know. I think with Stardom this year, it's kind of been like they either hit or they miss. Yeah. More so than they ever have. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, again, the thing is, is like the, the booking's kind of been all over the... The booking's been a bit all over the place, depending on who you ask, ever since they got picked up by Bushi Road. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no... Uh, it's just it's just great to see them doing such great work. Uh, same for TJPW as well. Miu Yamashita putting in fucking fantastic work. Um, even bigger fan of hers than I was already at the start of the year. Oh yeah, can't oh, lie. Yeah. She keeps on at this pace. She could be in for the running for an end of year award. Um, mm. And I mean that in terms of like you know, potentially even like PWI and stuff like that. Probably won't get to, probably maybe in the top 10 uh, PWI. Mm. Definitely should be. Oh, absolutely. Um, But no, it's been fantastic. And then, and then again, for, for New Japan, it's, it's kind of weird because like a lot of people have been saying actually compared to the other Road 2 shows, Kazuna Road has been pretty good. Kazuna Road and I would gen- I would. I would generally agree, especially compared to the most recent ones. Oh, uh, yeah. Because some of the more recent ones, I've been like, yeah, I just can't be bothered to watch this. Mm. <laughs> same, same. Um, but no, I mean, everyone on there is still doing great. Um, as I said to Sam, and as we agreed before we started, um, Shingo definitely still in with that uh, best of the years, best of the year spot. Shingo, don't miss, man. Shingo, don't miss. Don't miss. Even when the company um, he's a part of is not doing great. Shingo, don't miss. Um, and I guess just for, for me, it's just everything's kind of a little bit loose everywhere else outside of the main event scene. Um, I mean, Jay White still has the Never title, which is great. Happy to see that. Yeah. Um, I think for myself, I would argue not having the IWGP Intercontinental is kind of hurting them. I agree. Now, this is something I know a lot of people say, oh, it was, it was a bit of a useless title, but I feel like now with it kind of not there, you're starting to see that there is a big divide in terms of the title picture in New Japan. It just feels like there's this gap. A big kind of like canyon-sized gap, if you it, ask it, It's literally just like either you, either you are in the world title picture or you're down here. Yeah. 
and like the thing is is that like comparatively <clears throat> or at least over the last couple months i don't feel like the junior heavyweights have had that much chance to shine and to be fair this year for japan the junior heavyweights have kind of been off the radar yeah for a company As I said, that the, is... the, the, the booking the booking even in noah less so all japan but still not great yeah for a company that built its western popularity on the junior heavyweights let's be honest like the tape trading scene back in the 90s was purely junior heavyweight wrestling it blows my mind that such an established division is now kind of just yeah been... the, the book the bookings just left a bit to be desired this year yeah. and it's a shame because um, I mean, obviously, the thing everyone's going to be working up towards is the return of Hiromu Takahashi. Mm-hmm. So we get Hiromu versus El Desperado, which is going to be amazing. Yes. It will be amazing if they have the time, and obviously, if depending on Hiromu's condition when he returns and when exactly. he's safe to return. Uh-huh. Um, but that, that shouldn't discount anyone else in there. I mean, to be fair, another event I forgot to mention, but um, was absolutely worth watching, was the um, Great Show. Um, ah, Yes. <clears throat> which had a collection of UWF rules matches on it, which were great. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but no, I mean, for, for, for great, um, they now have strong hearts full time. Um, super impressed by, um, I think Issei Ozaki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the one of the, the youngest member of strong hearts. <clears throat> he's, he's fantastic. Because I said I ain't seen him. For, I feel like I haven't seen him for years since like 2017, New Japan, when he was a young lion. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, he's great. Crazy to still see, still, still see Shima going about. Oh gosh, yeah, it's still, it's still going the same pace he always has been. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want my recommendations um, from from the Great Show. Uh, <clears throat> Masakatsu uh, Funaki versus Yu Izuka. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic character match under UWF rules. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> it's literally just like, um, <clears throat> you know, like that trope of like young energetic student versus like slow master. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how the match plays out. It's fantastic. It's the bride versus Pai Mei from Kill Bill 2, Riordan. Genuinely. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, and then obviously the main event of uh, Takanori Ito versus Show, and I mean, I mean, if you need a case for why Show is up there in the top of the, uh, you know, the top of everyone's rankings for New Japan, uh, if this is if this is what you needed to have it and to show how much of a solid striker he is, hell yeah, get on it because Show is amazing. Giant thumbs up from me. Um, there was also another great women's match on there under UWF rules, and I cannot remember it. It wasn't the first one, but it was the, the like the co-main event. I feel so bad that I can't remember it. Oh, it's um, insane. <laughs> um, but to be fair, it reminded me of not this week, but uh, last week there was uh, a match in DDT uh, where... Um, Saki Sama just absolutely shot on someone. Mm. People forget she has legit background. Oh, She's yeah. a legit kickboxer. 
which makes it even more terrifying when you just see her absolutely slap someone up while wearing uh, gear that's designed off a, uh, off a maid outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't lie, Rian, you'd probably love Saki Sama. Yes, probably. you. Oh, you probably. would, Rian. You really would. <laughs> just a, a woman who's a legit shooter and also wears a maid outfit. It's maid Sama with fists, basically. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she also has her own... Um, well, I, I don't know if they're officially a unit yet, but uh, she led her own group at the most recent DDT show. <laughs> which I believe had, I want to say Dan Shoku Dino in it. I can't remember. It had someone in it, but we had, had, had two, had two, um, two of the, the, the old guard of DDT Pro. Yeah. But no, like, um, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And as I said, there's great stuff coming out. There's great stuff coming out of Japan if you're not already watching it. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch it, uh, pick up Wrestle Universe. It's like six ninety nine a month. And you get arguably, possibly even less. Mm. And you get access to Noah, DDT, TJPW, and Gambari Pro, among like two other promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get on that. It's a it's a great deal, and they're not paying us to say that. <laughs> no, I no. wish they were paying us to say. And then let's get on to the highlight of Japan, though. It's FMWE, where every match has explosions. <laughs> oh, what a great first event oh, for these guys. guys. Oh, boy. Starting off with the fake with the fake death match uh, featuring Fat Onita. <laughs> Oh. Which is a which is a uh, a large wrestler dr- cosplaying as Atsushi Onita, uh, featuring confetti cannons, uh, a bazooka which shot out streamers, uh, and a and a a, a a barbed wire bat which was a plastic bat covered in tinsel. <laughs> the ring ropes were also covered in tinsel as well. That's not forget yeah. that. <laughs> now, Reardon, are you ready for the greatest development in wrestling history? Oh, I'm always ready. This is the throw your money bunkhouse match. Do you want to take a guess at what this is? Throw your money in a bunkhouse? Okay. Uh, So outside of the live event, you could pay to watch it on like a Japanese pay-per-view streaming site. Now, what they had was they had tip donations. And what you could do is if you donated towards a goal, a, a weapon would be introduced to the match. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yo. This is why so I you just had love people like, tipping money so that someone could get a bat. It's like Hunger Games style. <laughs> That's Oh, it was so great. <laughs> All I'm saying, right, is this. This is the single greatest contribution to streaming since Amaranth started streaming in a hot tub. That's yep. what I mean. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. This is it. This, this is, is incredible. This We've, is, this is fucking, peak wrestling. This is the fucking future. Yeah. This, is gladi- this is future gladiatorial combat. <laughs> oh, could you imagine if this had happened? This was around when Terry Funk and Mick Foley were facing each other in the... Uh, in the no, you death. know what? It's a, it's a good thing that that didn't happen because both of those men would be dead. It's... <laughs> True. I'm ju- I was just there, just like, yo, the future is now. Yes. Yeah. And you're oh, why so we love Anita so much. <laughs> oh, and it was even better as well because it was a mystery triple threat. <laughs> yep. 
Um, and then we had the then we had the main event, the barbed wire, the barbed exploding barbed wire exploding landmine death match, which was a tornado tag match, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ridden, uh, I and believe, it was it was chaos. Uh, Ridden, I believe, has seen the pictures of this match. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Just. All I'll say is, it, it's only for Anita to be able to book a venue, that are quite a smaller venue than they're usually uh, usually used to. Oh, it's still like have the same tiny. amount. Still have the same amount of C4 and explosions that they would in an arena. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that venue filled up with smoke real quick. It was a good thing that it was partially open air. <laughs> and by open air, I mean, I think the warehouse doors were open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh... I loved it. No, like generally, I know, <laughs> just I... so fu- it was just so funny seeing like all of them go off and then just like the ca- just where the from where the camera is just in front of this like small crowd of like not even maybe five hundred people. Yeah, just thick smoke just starts settling down. <laughs> oh man, FMW man, how I no, it's so, so stupid. Much. It's so stupid, but I hope it survives. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, you madman, Onita. The, when the world needed you the most, you came back better yeah. than ever. <laughs> he's not the hero we need, but he's the hero we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so oh. to say, it's been a great week, hasn't it, in terms of wrestling? Oh, it's been something. It's been something. <laughs> oh, man. So with that, I imagine we are done with the news. You would be correct. Awesome. Reardon, do you have anything for the recommendation corner this week? Oh, what do I what do I have for the recommendation corner? I have been watching quite a lot, folks. <laughs> and I my God. What do I have? I like this is I'm actually got a bit of um paralysis here <laughs> so uh, I, don't, I, I don't i can i can throw out some some yeah, stuff please. if you don't have anything oh, wait, no no yes i do yes i do i do have one thing Ooh. um thanks to um so thanks to my uh my little brother shout out to him <laughs> uh i am now been turned on to netflix's the last kingdom Ooh. which has been around for a while it's basically a it's based on this series of books who, which was written by the same guy who did sharp you know the napoleon oh yeah yeah or yeah yeah he did these books about um basically anglo-saxon um britain mm-hmm. hell yeah and basically it's all about that about the um formation of england with alfred the great and all of that and it's a very compelling show i gotta say so if you if you want that slight um game of thrones edge to it only with less budget but with you know satisfying writing i will give i'd give it a shot it's pretty damn good hell yeah <laughs> yeah go. uh dan as you said you had a uh, oh i was gonna say if Rin didn't have anything then i could throw out some names um in terms of stuff that I think people should go and watch anyway, uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf and Justin Wang. We've recommended hey. Justin Wang before, but Justin Wang's amazing. Yes. <clears throat> uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf as well, because he sometimes does wrestling stuff. Uh, and if you want something that's non-wrestling related, um, go go and support one of my favorite um, content creators. There's a guy called Yamfer. Uh, yes. He does uh, YouTube videos about various video games and 
basically creating guides to beat them in successively um, insanity-inducing ways and breaking them along the way. And he's hilarious, even though he doesn't speak in them, or very rarely does. <laughs> no, great recommendations, chaps. Great recommendations indeed. But uh, yeah, with all of that, it is time to get on to Great Wrestlers You Never Knew, Volume 4. As I said, we've been gone a while with this, but we are back, and we are, we've are we got a doozy. We got yeah, blame 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 my planning for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, in all honesty, I've been trying my best to figure out when's the best time to do this one, and I feel like now's the now's kind of really good time to talk to do this. Now's a good a time as ever. Exactly. Mm. So we've talked about a legend of the independent scene from back in the day. We've talked about a legend of the British wrestling scene, and we've talked about an absolute bonafide legend of the mainstream wrestling scene. But now we're going to talk about someone who's currently in the independence and considered probably one of the best technical wrestlers in the independent scene today. Yes, the subject of this episode is the wrestling genius, the Wizard of Queen's Park, Daniel Maccabe. That's uh, Queen's Park, Vancouver, Canada, not Queen's Park, Scotland. <laughs> or London, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as ever the first question as we always get on with great wrestlers with you uh, you never knew is what did you know of daniel Macabe? i wouldn't necessarily say beforehand i guess maybe before we started the podcast yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah would you like to go first Rin? yes um as always it is fucking all <laughs> yeah <laughs> this dude I'm sure in my, I I felt I felt like of all the guys, this was an obscure one for me. <laughs> like I had no recollection. I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> for me, uh, it's kind of one of those cases of what I guess I'm going to call indie deja vu. Mm. Mm. He was someone that I had seen. Uh, most specifically in clips and videos of backyard wrestling, mm -hmm. i.e., you know, th the good kind. Yes. <laughs> and just kind of never knew who he was, but just kind of saw him pop up in these videos all the time. Mm. And then once we started this, you started talking about him and then showed me a picture. And I was like, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I've seen, I've seen that spot where he was in someone's back garden and he got like launched into a 450. Yeah. And so it was kind of this moment of like, oh, that's who that is. Oh, he's still been doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. he's doing stuff in like actual companies now. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, no, like for me, that's that's the way I kind of discovered that uh, Daniel. Uh, so. For, for a little bit of context, Daniel Macabe started his career in 2003. He's been a professional for quite a while nowadays, but he actually got his start not in the most traditional of ways. As a matter of fact, he was well-seasoned as a backyard wrestler, touring not only the, uh, the Canadian backyard scene, but also doing tours and excursions in the British backyard scene, believe it or not. Ah, oh, yes, trips. the most thriving of industries. Believe it or not, it seems a lot more legit, the, the British backyard scene, because they actually use rings <laughs> in the yeah. British backyard scene. So I guess you could say it's safer to a certain extent. <laughs> 
Well, I don't. Well, because I just assume the backyard in British terms just means shindy. Pretty. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's pretty. That's actually quite accurate, Dad. I'm not gonna lie. Compared compared to the US backyard scene, which is it's a garden. <laughs> it's just a it's just a shoot garden. <laughs> so here's a little fun fact um, about, about that the makes whole... no sense. How could you have a worked garden? Ignore that. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, if you really like, I mean, if you really plant your seeds right, give it some watering, that's a worked garden. That is true. That is very true. Here's a, little, here's a little fun fact that I didn't know before we, as I was getting through all of this. Six degrees of separation in my work career. When I used to work for a television company, one of the presenters is a uh, is a well known esports caster called Tyrant. Never didn't know for the life of me that not only was he a wrestler, he was also a backyard wrestler and had several matches against Daniel Macabre. So there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, holy shit, that is six degrees of separation, isn't it? It is a very, very small world. Yeah. But the, the the kind of time I got more into Daniel was, of course, around 2016, 2017, especially when uh, his uh, matches within the Pacific Northwest territories with 3-2-1 Battle started becoming more readily available on YouTube. And like you, Dan, I was very much of, oh, I remember you. <laughs> now I was like, you're being in the that's that guy I remember from years ago in that one compilation video. Yep. Yep, and, and then kind of more, as, as I was watching it more, I was like, damn, he's not only like still doing it, he's gotten better. So, and like, God, is he still good? Like, I mean, without, without sounding facetious, you kind of wish that someone would get better after like eight years not yep. seeing them do something. That is true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's for true. <laughs> but no, it's, and quickly then from like, his 3 2 1 matches and talk, constantly touring here and there. Uh, up to him winning the ambition tournament for WXW and being part of the 16 karat tournament last year yeah. he's gone from strength to strength and it's so awesome to see that uh, like here's this guy who's not only like an amazing like guitar player but you can tell like you know an amazing technical wrestler but he's that he's the sort of wrestler that you go you know what He's kind of like me, you, and everyone, like every other kind of fan of wrestling. It's like really awesome. Yeah, we to kind see. we 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 kind of said it <laughs> before we started. We're like, as a wrestler, he's very much um, what we call a guy. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't. I get. I guess I just said it. It's more about the way his build and the way he looks. He just looks like a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known of a wrestler. Who could pull off wearing football jerseys in a re in, in in a match? But I tell you, man, he pulls it off with style. <laughs> See, but the thing is, though, I love it. Though I love that idea. I've, I and matching and matching his gear to the shirts as well. Because like matching matching the gear to the shirt, and then like I mean, because I'm, I mean, so myself and Reardon are both football fans of varying degrees. Mm hmm. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a big old wrestling fan. So one of my favorite things to do is when I go away somewhere, I like to buy a football shirt of like a team from the place I'm in. Ah, hmm. uh, nice. So, like, I can, I can totally get behind the vibe of that of just like you're a touring wrestler, so you just go to a place and you just like find a team and it's like, hey, can I get one of your shirts, please? You just go buy one of them. And yeah. then just have that for when you're going and doing shows. I think that's great. <laughs> I'm waiting for the time that he gets starts getting booked 
more frequently in in the UK indie scene, and he starts wearing the retro England football shirt to get the cheap pop. <laughs> Just see Daniel Maccabe walk out in a Morecambe Town shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's so weird seeing him just in the shirt. Yeah, he just looks like a regular-ass dude. See, but the thing is, I'm there and I'm like, without getting into the realms of gimmick infringement, I can't lie, if I was a wrestler, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, hiding such a, you know, what would be kind of like your average Joe dude is an incredibly gifted technical wrestler. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's the thing for me when I've shown people, uh, friends and acquaintances, a Daniel Macabe match. They go, well, I wasn't expecting him to do all of that, those great holds and like transitions into moves. You're telling me that you didn't expect the guy to walk out in a denim jacket with a massive converge patch on the back to not be a good technical wrestler. How dare you? Ex- exactly. Shout out to Converge. <laughs> Shout out Conversion, great band. Great band. Alrighty, so let us move on to the three... Actually, no, I say three matches. Let us move on to the five matches I gave you. Yeah, you put us on double duty this week. Oh, Oh, God damn, did I do that in this? It's okay, I've been doing that to him for the last month, so... (laughs) Revenge! Revenge is sweet! So let us move on uh, to the matches uh, with match one: Daniel Macabe versus Kevin Koo from Southern Underground Pro in January 2020. Oh God, do you remember a life before everything happened in 2020? Kind of. <laughs> do you remember? There was nothing before. Do you know the funniest thing about this match was is that I was watching it and I was just like, "Damn, I feel like in my head I don't remember a time when Kevin Koo didn't have pink hair." <laughs> Yes. No. This is... It seems really random, but I was just there and I was like, oh shit, yeah, he didn't always have pink hair, did he? <laughs> so the yeah. reason I wanted to start off with this match personally is I think it's a great introduction to the world of independent wrestling in today's day and age. It's also a great introduction to Daniel McCarvey's, uh wrestling uh, work rate as well as just, you know, his personality and charisma. And also, Kevin Koo is a person everyone should be having on their radar as a wrestler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Go, uh, go watch him in uh, Limitless. He's scheduled to have a match uh, he already had a match with Daniel Garcia. I believe they're scheduled to have a rematch sometime soon. I believe somewhere, I know it's around August or September. Mm. That match is going to slap. That is absolutely um, going to slap. And I know he's got bookings somewhere else. I, oh, no, he's he's got bookings with MLW now. Yes, yeah. Um, so go see him in M- when he's in MLW even more production value behind him <laughs> absolutely so yeah uh, let's start off thoughts and feelings on this match as a whole guys uh... okay so I remember watching this match no information on Makabe looking at him and just going ah British CM Punk got it got it got it got it <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it <laughs> I'm sorry I can't lie though in a way you're kind of not wrong yeah that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> literally I think it was the. I think it was like it was like my brain went Reardon could you see if CM Punk were British him just having trunks that was his favorite football team the answer is yes so that's it <laughs> that's it 
<laughs> and it, I will admit, it distracted me. It distracted me from the match. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. But no, it was now. This was a very good match. Um, Kevin Koo. I am a little distressed at how short Kevin Koo is. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem it does seem weird at first, but then also uh, people I've introduced to Daniel Macabe say, "I didn't expect him to be so tall." <laughs> yeah, how tall is Daniel Macabe? Because I honestly couldn't tell. Six foot one. As, wow. As he's, as he's billed as on Cage Match, anyway. Yeah, to be to a... be fair, this is this is a side note. There was a thread going around on Twitter recently where it was like, "What wrestler do you think is just like a?" a normal guy but is actually a giant and it was just corroborated with a bunch of stories from wrestlers where they're like no billy gunn's actually much taller than you think <laughs> really yeah apparently he's... he apparently he is much taller than people expect he is fascinating he's ginormous apparently there's <laughs> billy gunn wow that's honest to god fascinating <laughs> i but yeah yeah into no but like because really six foot one huh i because like Daniel McCarthy, I think just due to his normal size, he looks like I was looking at him like he doesn't look that taller than me. Mm. And I'm a short ass, so I'm <laughs> very <Yeah>. confused. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh. Yeah. But this match had a very it's these matches, especially the the especially the um the third match mm. had a real like. Like of all like the indie stuff I have now seen thanks to the Sweet Chinwag, this was the most indie <laughs> in a while. Oh yeah, no, it's fully in a basement. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, honest there's to God, some, there's like, something about the ring, like the, yeah. the, the floor of the ring being like half a meter above the ground. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. The They're ropes kind of... are barely there. <laughs> It really did make me think there. I mean, half, of what a meter, exactly... half a meter higher that they would have been putting their head through the ceiling, basically. That's the thing as well. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, that was the that the atmosphere was a very interesting and also fun fact. I believe, if I'm unless I'm thinking correctly, this is the first. Um, this is the first of the. Um, Great wrestlers you never knew. Where the first match you've sent to Sam is one where he loses. Correct. Yeah. Which I found very interesting that that's the, so. I have a question here. That's one question I have to ask. Why? Why pick a, the first match as one that he loses? Because just because. Uh, because as I said, I think this is a great introductory match into if you mm -hmm. want to know the style of Makabe as a wrestler. Um, I think it really like him and Ku really put on uh, an absolute wrestling clinic in this match, and I think you get a really good basis as well of just of Makabe selling as well. Yeah, I think it's mm. again yeah. this is a great thing of if you want to just know Daniel Makabe full stop, go watch that match. Yeah, because I said I I. I mean, so I, I again, I can I can throw my hands up and say I, I have actually seen this match before. Mm. I went back and I first watched it. Uh, I want to say probably, probably July last year, maybe. Mm. Uh, so going back and rewatching it um, was a whole bunch of fun. Um, but this is really great. 
um, especially because of the, the kind of clash of styles. Yes. That you have in there with Makabe uh, being the uh, the technical wrestler, Ku just being the guy that just wants to smack someone in the face. <laughs> uh, just showing the interplay between that. Hmm. Um, like I said, there's a lot of great selling from Makabe, like when he takes the bump to the outside. Um, there's lots of great moments of like Ku going for strikes and Makabe catching him uh, out, you know, when they do the starting holds. Yeah. Catching them out. Um, and just like, I guess just kind of that thing of like showing Makabe's ring awareness mm. compared to the rough and ready style of Kevin Koo. Mm. Mm. No, massively agreed on this one. One thing as well that I feel like Makabe has over most wrestlers nowadays is that he knows how to sell a limb as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude knows how to sell. That's for damn sure. <laughs> That's for dodge. No, honestly, yeah. A great melding of two different styles. Both of these guys, you can definitely tell, and they've made it no secret, that uh, Brian Danielson's one of their favorite wrestlers of all time. I don't know what would have ever given me that impression. <laughs> Uh, because both of them I feel like exude such a great technical stiff style uh, in oh, this yeah. match uh, the, the shots the elbow strikes the pitcher's fist which is one of my favourite moves from Makabe because uh, yep. especially the way he sells the, the smack when he hits someone is incredible see but that's like a small detail that I love yes. because I, because mm. it's a thing that I say to people is that like no there's a reason why bare knuckle boxers don't punch each other in the face because it hurts. <laughs> and also, you can damage your hand. That's the thing. You can break your own hand doing it mm. as much as you break the other person's face. <laughs> I also... Another little uh, thing I appreciate um, from the pair of them is when Ku and uh, Makabe were going in the... Jostling in the corner with chops and fists. Makabe, rather than set, like, you know, puffing his chest out, you know, being exposed, covered up. And bunched up. Yeah, in he the actually corner. guarded. He actually guarded yeah. and then grabbed Ku, threw him in the corner, and then proceeded to chop him. So it's like it's things like that that God that make me go, God, I appreciate Makabe as a wrestler. Yeah, that's because yeah. that's um I'm trying to remember who I saw who I saw do that. I wanna say it was when I was watching some stuff in Japan. Mm. But I was just there and I was like, Oh my god, he's guarding in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like i because i know like again there's always a, there's always this never-ending debate about wrestling and realism but details like that i love absolutely yeah absolutely so as you said Ridden, this match does end with makabe uh losing in a very kind of like um surprise finish uh in yeah. the match um as you say much of the surprise i think of everyone in the crowd as well because it looked like for a little bit there it looked like makabe was actually going to get the w um mm. But no, a great match, um, of, if you ask me in this one. And as, as I'll keep saying, <laughs> and as I've said, I feel like so yeah. many times now, a great introductory match to Daniel Macabe. No, no, it, it really is. It really is a good place to start uh, and get that feel. Um, especially because I would say, I, I mean, definitely from people I've spoken to, friends of mine that don't watch a lot of independent wrestling, um, a lot of people often... 
I guess I would say people often say they find technical matches boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is weird because uh, enough wrestling fans out there absolutely love Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar Iron Man <laughs> match for 60 minutes, but that's yeah. not that's a separate thing. <laughs> um, but they, I know a lot of people say that, but then when you have this kind of when you have the bridge of someone just like, okay, my thing is I'm just going to hit you as hard as I can, and that's it. Yes. Not, not, that's it. But, you know, you have the interplay between them. And so you have stuff like Ku going for an elbow and then uh, Makabe trying to go for it. One thing that I love is that Makabe is selling during his own offense. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, something that people really, I feel like, should be much more sensical it's a it's a surprising lost art form in wrestling isn't it yeah like selling on your own still selling while you're on your offense yeah (laughs) um and just seeing like okay well he knows he can't use his his i believe it's his right arm i might be wrong i probably i mean you're asking me to think about directions in reverse (laughs) um but knowing that his arm is not able to carry the weight so then it means he can't clasp his hands yeah you know it, it it plays into everything else actions have consequences <laughs> yes yes it doesn't it's see it's not like a video game where you get a shot of adrenaline and then something like suddenly every injury and ailment you ever had disappears oh <laughs> uh, all righty then so with that being all being said your your final ratings on this match Oh, well, we're not going to do spots. Oh, oh God, yeah. I I mean, because we kind of... I feel like we already can't go over the (laughs) favourite spots, but in in that case, favourite spot from this match. Uh, Favourite spot for me, uh, Daniel McCarvey cutting off Koo doing the uh, Daniel Bryan run up the turnbuckle and flip. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's my one, actually. He gets that stuff clean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh, so that and also and also Kevin Koo pushing Bakabe off the turnbuckle to the outside. Yeah, oh, that looked rough uh, as hell. Because I feel, I feel like, I mean, we've already been here before. We've already mentioned it, but uh, let's use this time briefly to talk about Daniel Bakabe's facial expressions. I refuse to use the insider term because it, it horrifies me. Hmm. Can you imagine there are real professionals out there saying, "Look at that wrestler's facials." No, uh, facial expression. Yes, facial facial expressions. Yeah, because he he reacts like someone actually going through pain. Because I because I mean I imagine he probably is going through a lot of pain. He probably is, but like I feel like a lot of the time when wrestlers are selling, they're just doing like the whole grit through the teeth and everything like that. Meanwhile, Maccabi genuinely looks like he's hurt himself and you're doing that like fully contorted face. It's a face of going, I'm in a lot of pain. I regret every single life decision I ever made. <laughs> you can just see like every bit of his face just like tensing up. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, lo- I like it so much. So damn much. So damn much. Uh, Again, right. it's such a small addition which has such a good impact even if some people are there and they're like oh it looks stupid i'm like yeah you don't look good when you're in pain exactly when you're in the (laughs) thick of when you're in the thick of it you don't look like a bloody model yeah so all right then so chaps as us as as i was about to do but no final ratings on daniel mccarbe versus kevin koo i would say i'd give it a 
Four, four, four out of five. Hmm. Uh, I would give it a four and a half. Yeah, hmm. it's definitely a, a, a 4.5 uh, from me, uh, for sure. I mean, as I said, uh, cr- great match. The first time these two had met and they worked so well together, like they've been working with each other for years. Um, such a unique environment as well to have a match like that yeah. in as well. Uh, it, and it all really worked well. Uh, a little a little uh, offshoot. Go watch Daniel McCarbe's uh, promo on his YouTube channel. I love his promos because he doesn't talk. He plays the guitar while subtitles go on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like ingenious. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> Great little promo for that match in particular. Alrighty then, let's go over to match two. And to 3-2-1 battle in Seattle, Washington. For this next match, Daniel McCarbe versus Jonathan Gresham from the 19th of April 2019. Okay, gents. Featuring Aubrey Edwards. Yes, or as she was known in this company, Girl Hebner. Yes. You just love to see it, don't you, Riordan? Puds like that. Hebner is amazing. God, I love it so much. I'm I mean, so do, do, we, do we want to contextualize 3 2 1 battle for people? So, 3 2 1 battle, based, as I said, out of Seattle, Washington, is what you would basically call the the wrestling promotion for casual wrestling fans or fa- or just people with a fleeting interest in wrestling. They make it like a variety show. They played mostly yeah. in bars and like a. And like, gig arenas uh, yeah it, it's it's a very kind of I, I i mean i would say a very british take on a wrestling show oh absolutely Having it's, lo- it's very much like a variety show and so they often have stuff like um because like i know they have the one where the the referee the referee is wearing like a green man suit. Yeah, they have a lifeguard instead of a referee in certain matches. Yeah, uh, they have the commentary playing out to the audience. So, uh, like on see, I've heard from system. a lot of wrestlers they don't like that. I can understand it because I can imagine yeah. it, it's a little bit distracting. But but you know, for an audience member, I guess that adds a lot of like good yeah. variety and a play like a little bit of um, playing. Uh, and, and, and like audience participation See, that's, that's, that, that's what i mean it's like um i'm like i've heard that for wrestlers they don't always like it but um i imagine it's probably pretty good for fans especially ones who are much more casual or have little to no interest in wrestling and are just there because they're like oh, i have to turn up here and it's on or whatever exactly mm. um, so for a- it's... I do have to say, I do love the audience participation of the audience yelling 3-2-1 battle yes. at the start of matches, which is nice. I Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. So you'd think, a company like that, you wouldn't think have such great technical uh, wrestling matches. But no, Daniel McCarbe kind of really got a lot more exposure and fame from being the straight-laced wrestler who was really good at moves and submissions in 3-2-1 battle. See, but it's it's like the thing I've said to people before, which is that when you're in a certain environment, you know, you find your own way to stand out. Yes. Because I said to as I said to people, there's always the two the two I always mention are the one festival poster where it's just all death metal band logos, and there's a band called Party Hub, which is in multicolored bubble text. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the greatest pieces of unintentional promotion ever (laughs) 
Um, and then the thing of, I mean, I've kind of said it around Orange Cassidy. I've said it around other wrestlers as well. Mm. But when you're in an environment where everyone's trying to one-up each other by being bigger, bolder, and brasher, mm. if you're just that guy that does stuff, <laughs> you end up sticking out amongst all these crazy characters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got nothing to say other than I agree, to be quite honest with that. Yeah. <laughs> And and thing is, it it worked because, as I said, it got not only did it, you know, it got him a lot of success in the Pacific Northwest. It got a lot more people across the world to notice yeah. Daniel Macabre. Um, those matches, I believe, may have been the reason uh, as to how he managed to get and work in WXW and win the Ambition Tournament. So, oh, like, that, yeah, it, it proved so beneficial for him. But yeah, um. Three to one battle. Uh, despite the controversy of how of, of what happened and you know, some of the shady yeah. the shady promoters, it did you know it it was a good company for what it was. But as I said, get on to the second match here with Jonathan Gresham. Uh, yeah, thoughts and feelings on this one, guys. It's just a two man technical showcase, really. It yeah. really is. I mean, I mean, we we all know there's a very good reason why Jonathan Gresham is called the Octopus. Yes. Oh, he's fantastic. Can I just... I'm sorry. Please, I pop, please pop off, pop off. Because I know what you're going to say, and, we, and me and Sam are in full agreement with you, so please, pop off, King. So, you know, we, 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 you know, so Pride is, Pride is finished, and, you know... No, we, Pride hasn't finished. Pride is only around. No, yeah, that's what I'm getting at, because, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. God, I saw this man <laughs> walk out, and he, I, um, I almost had to pause for a second. Like the guys heard me. I was. This like, is what I mean, though. This is <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. I was like I was like I literally was watching it, and I went to the guys. Who is that man? <laughs> Who is that? That is the man we've been talking about for ages on the podcast. Who is really? that lovely bit of sauce right there? <laughs> <laughs> that man has the sauce. I mean, that's Jeez. as 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 I said as well to you, man. It's Jordan Grace is a lucky woman, isn't she? Yes. And, nah, and as I said, man. Jonathan Gresham is very lucky to have Jordan Grace in his life. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I just. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Holy hell. He is, like, for all intents and purposes, uh, I'd say up there as one of the great technical wrestlers today. Um, oh, absolutely. There's, he, a, there's a reason that he is killing it in ROH right now. Yeah. There's a reason why people have been telling ROH first to bring him back. Um, I mean, the work he's been doing with the Foundation alongside Jay Lethal and now uh, Rhett Titus as well um, cannot go understated in talking about ROH's honestly stellar end to 2020 yeah um they were a little bit rough at the start of the year mm-hmm. um but to be fair outside of everything else that was going along with roosh and all of that stuff um you had you had the well, the foundation really killing it in the pure division oh yeah jonathan gresham going absolutely crazy yeah. I mean, there was, I said there was a reason why I put him in my uh, I put him in my um, top of the year at the end of 2020. Yeah, 
Yeah, despite the fact he had not had many matches last year, he that's the thing. He didn't have it. a match. He didn't have a match until about June last year. Yeah, but Crazy. still, absolutely killed it. Um, and well deserving of that spot, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but no, he been absolutely amazing i mean uh for us british fans me and sam will know him uh for his time in cck yep uh alongside chris brooks and kid lycos indeed um, um absolutely again fantastic yeah. very little much for left for me to say on it really everyone knows how good they were um and as i said he's just gone strength to strength to strength and there was a reason why people were saying like yo someone sign this guy up now yeah absolutely i think um the thoughts and feelings on this match in particular i know red and you brought up like the, the size difference between ku and, and makabe this one yeah. is, is 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 so so good the size difference in the holds and and the jo- jostling uh, jostling for position the getting into submissions here and there i feel like gresham is by all intents and purposes you've is not the tallest guy in wrestling um about the same height as me <laughs> but yeah what he makes up for in his height he, he 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 well he makes up for in his technical ability and his high flying prowess because there is not a man i think in wrestling that does it as good as jonathan Gre- being able to melt those two forms as good as gresham but uh to go for makabe to go toe to toe with him uh and not only keep up with him but you know put in some really interesting submission holds of his own as well. Man, this match is just too damn good. I mean, the thing the thing I love about this match is almost definitely the transitions. Yes. Great transitions from both of them. You know, each of them trying to trying to pick apart, aim for, you know, a lot of isolating going on. Um, but also the thing for me is that, like, all of the transitions that they do feel believable yes yeah it is genuinely two people jockeying for a position you can see them like trading waist locks and then it gets to the point where when um makabe goes for a rear waist lock on gresham gresham's already turned (laughs) yeah and has started the move to counter i think what uh, Um, it's it's stuff like makabe going in and going in for the lower back Mm. obviously knowing that gresham loves to do the german yeah um Gresham going for the arm and then um after like Makabe doesn't get uh, a transition right um and kind of goes badly on his knee going after that knee yeah mm. uh, another thing I really like about this talking about the size difference is that in certain points you see that when Makabe starts getting a bit flustered and a bit annoyed with it he's he does use the size to his advantage because he'll just simply yeah. just pick up Gresham and slam him yeah he the just ground. picks him up as it's like here you go I was like, I'm getting annoyed with you, like countering my counters. So there you go, bang. Counter this, you casual. Parry <laughs> <laughs> this, you casual. I was going to say, yeah, Daniel, if you're listening, yeah, please just say that in general. If you ever, if you ever face Gresham hey, again, counter and use this, that. you casual. Use it when you face anyone, please. Yes, please, please do. Uh, some of your favourite spots of this match, because one of my favourites is of course uh the seated macabre lock which uh, like the way he cinches this in on gresham is inc- is like incredible and looks painful so reardon you know what a cattle mutilation is correct 
I am aware of the castle mutilation. Yes. So how about you make it look even more painful by putting your opponent in a cross-legged seated position, then do the castle mutilation? That is the seated macabre lock for you. Literally saw that. I'm like, yo, how did he do that? I don't understand. <laughs> it is flexibility that my lower back does not have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I look like I listen. I look at that and I'm like, if I even looked at attempting to do that my spine would break like uncooked spaghetti like <laughs> what am i looking at here it's great and, and i think that's the that's the best part is how do you take a submission that already looks painful and make it look excruciatingly painful yeah yeah um if I just say for myself, uh, favorite spots, uh, I mean, I'd probably say the one where they just start trading waist locks. Yeah. Because it's a really good look into how you can do something over and over, but still, you know, make it have effect. In the words of Adam Neely, repetition legitimizes. Mm. Yes. And that is very much a case of that. Um, <clears throat> uh, also, as well, um, is when uh, Makabe winds up winds up for the punch, mm-hmm. and then Gresham just takes that. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to start working your arm now. <laughs> yeah, don't like Cause it, that because it, it's, so, it's, so, it's so now. good because it's like, oh, okay, he wants to punch me in the face. Well, I'm going to make it so you can't punch me anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's that simple. No, that's the thing. Sometimes there are just like the simplest things <laughs> that you need to do just to make stuff believable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that I did like, and I've always liked, is how Gresham sets up and does the run for the hesitation drop kick. Oh, yeah. I just. I love how he does the hesitation drop kick to the corner. Dude, everyone yelling, run, Gresham, run. Yes. <laughs> Run, Gresham, run! <laughs> Bang! <laughs> oh man, this is why I loved like I loved the atmosphere of three, two, one battle, man. Oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine what I. <laughs> so, yeah, because I like I know like obviously there are lots of. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not gonna try and start aggressive wrestling fan discourse because that's not this is not the time for it. This is Daniel McCarthy's time. Absolutely. Yes. But um, but. <laughs> but... <laughs> I love it when I mean I mean th- I feel like this is a very British thing. I love it when shows have audience participation. Yes. Yeah. And when wrestlers integrate that into their characters. Mm-hmm. It, has, it has to be done. Come on. So much fun, man. It's so good. And it doesn't fun. take anything away from Gresham. No, not like not at all. If anything, I just feel it like it adds to his his repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Rid, do you have any uh, like favorite spots from this match? Oh god! I think I can't remember what it was because it's like they. It's like a, this is probably my favorite match of the of the ones that I watched, mm-hmm. just because there's just so many little moments of technicality where I'm like, "How is that possible?" So it's safe to say that this is the match where you fell in love with Jonathan Gresham, correct? Oh, I fell in love with him the moment he stepped out into the ring. <laughs> Hell yeah! Right. Hell yeah! We've got a convert, boys. <laughs> Great. Oh. Let's go. We did it. And I also I looked up I looked up um I looked up to you and, and I, I realized that I had um I um 
I had looked at her before, let us yes. put it that way, and say, no, I, I will take no further questions at this time. Yes. <laughs> but all I can say is that that is a power couple. Emphasis on power. Hell considering, yes. considering how unbelievably ripped Jordan is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, final rating. For Daniel McCabe versus Jonathan Gresham. Oh, that's a four out of five, definite. Four and a half. Four and a half, honestly. Uh, you better you better believe I'm hitting this up with that four and a half. Yeah. Same for me, four and a half. This match is just oh god, it's exemplary. And again, I think this might have been the the very first meeting of McCabe and Gresham. And yeah, it was way, to uh, to elevate the the, the status of, of Makabe by have, putting him in with uh, well even at that time still considered one of the best technical wrestlers in in, in the American indie. I mean the thing for me is I I mean I'm so much a fan of technical wrestling matches. Yeah, I love them. I like genuinely love them. Um, and this is just a great technical showcase match. It's like sixteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, and. Wait. There's just so much. There's just so much trading, little intricacies, them playing off each other. It very much feels like the two of them are responding to each other. Yes, absolutely. I think a great thing about these matches as well, they don't outstay their welcome. Yeah, the pacing on on these matches is rather impressive, especially considering what it is they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You could very easily like. You could very easily milk all of the stuff that they're doing, and yet they just they keep it at a very good pace. Absolutely, absolutely. So, oh, um, I forgot as well, just briefly. I know it will come into the next match as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things from Bakabe, the uh, the double underhook backbreaker. Oh, love that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fucking love that. It's so good. Oh, okay. Okay, so it is time. For match three, four, and five. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about quite possibly one of the most underrated wrestling trilogies. We've had Gargano Champa, we've had Okada Omega, but everyone who is a hardcore wrestling fan knows Daniel Makabe versus Timothy Thatcher. So, before we get on to these matches, would you... Gents like to know a little bit of backstory leading in to this match or these trips. No, but matches. you're gonna. No, but Let's you're gonna tell it. me anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. So, yeah, no, please. So 2017, uh, three, two, one battles, hot, wet Seattle summer. It's kind of like their big summer show. Uh, and Daniel Macabe is an absolute fan favorite in 2017. This match, of course, being a big event for three, two, one battle, sees them book. Uh, Ring Camp's very own Timothy Thatcher, considered at this time to be one of the best, best pound-for-pound wrestlers in the world. And uh, there's a good reason why. I mean, the guy's incredibly gifted in his technicality. The man is scarily shredded. Like, we're not an ounce of body fat on him. Yeah. (laughs) And he is a scary-looking dude when he puts you in a Fujiwara armbar. The thing about Timothy Thatcher's build is that I feel like the frame he presents belies the power he has. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is why I've always said Thatcher versus Cesaro. 
It's what I mean. It's what I mean. <laughs> Need it. You know, man. You know. All right. Because the thing, I mean, the thing with Cesaro, I mean, the side note, the thing with Cesaro is I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I bet you've got insane power. <laughs> Yes. But then also I look at Timothy Thatcher and I'm like, I feel like he has more power than he should than when I look at him. Yeah, absolutely. Which is which is the terrifying bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, let us go into match three. Their very first meeting at Hot Wet Seattle Summer. Thoughts and feelings on this one? I mean, so, I love this match. <laughs> it's a great match. I will say... Timothy Thatcher is one of the most terrifying men I've ever seen in my life. Oh, absolutely. Even though, in like, like in this match, it's not his gimmick. He's got kind of like a little silly valet kind of thing he's doing. But the moment I just looked at him like, oh, he's got real Cesaro energy in that <laughs> despite the fact that he's like, he's not like built to be an intimidator, just the fact that there is a He's man... He's still incredibly yeah. intimidating. Yeah, just the fact that a man like that exists out in the wild is a horrifying thing to consider. <laughs> yeah, the thing like the thing I've always said about Timothy Thatcher is that, like... It's not that he himself looks threatening, but his aura is. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a very stoic his, person until he hits his, those his, ropes. He, his his kind of energy and the way he presents himself and makes himself look makes him look threatening. Yes, he is one scary. Dude. And don't forget, this was when he still had when he still had all his teeth. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it... That is true. So what, it would have been two true. years since he lost his other since he lost till he lost his tooth. Yes, that is that is true. What I love about this match in particular is that you get two guys. Uh, that are incredibly gifted technically. You've got Timothy Thatcher, who is known worldwide as to being the guy who is so technically sound, it's frightening. And then you've got Daniel Macabe, who is the absolute stalwart of 3-2-1 battle and is known for having incredibly, incredibly intricate technical submission style matches. And it's a real David and Goliath match. Is that you've got Daniel who's think... trying to be like on the same level was Timothy Thatcher, but Thatcher is beating the life out of him. I think as well, one thing that makes this for me, and without getting too, I don't know, getting too philosophical or getting too much into like theatrical theory, is that I feel like they they both play, you know, they're two sides of the same coin. Yes. I.e. Daniel Maccabe is a very good technical wrestler that kind of, is kind of like, yeah, I do technical wrestling and submissions and stuff and I'm in a place that's kind of a little bit goofy. Hmm. Whereas Thatcher is like, I do technical wrestling and if you make a joke towards me in any capacity, I will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will break you in ways that you didn't think were possible. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see that interplay where they're both kind of the same kind of wrestler but they yeah, but conceptualize it differently it's less it's more like they're the same kind of wrestler but the difference is that Thatcher look makes macabre look like a literal child yes <laughs> it's basically it's mirror it's like alternate universes uh, like of the same person yeah <laughs> it really is it's timothy thatcher if he supported seattle sounders <laughs> 
Dude, my favorite, one of my favorite things is when some I, I, one of my friends messaged me and was like, "Yo, there's so much great British talent in NXT," and they included Timothy Thatcher in it. I was like, "You know, he's from Sacramento, right?" I know he really. Booked, I know. Wait, he's... hold on, hold on. Really? Yeah, he, I know he was booked as a British Messiah, but he was from. Uh, he is from Sacramento. He's from Sacramento. Fun fact. Oh my. God. When he was the British Messiah, he did put on an English accent, and it's not yeah. the best English accent, I will admit. And even Tim will admit that it wasn't the best. I have never heard him speak. No, because the, the thing is, right, is that he spent most of his time in Europe. Yeah. Right. He spent most of his wrestling career in Europe, and like in like the so either the UK or Germany. See, here's the thing: I've never heard him speak. So when I saw yeah, him, I know. like I was just like, oh yes, that man is obviously built in William Regal's lab and just Oh no 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 he said like like British wrestling was his inspiration that's why he wanted to come over here yeah mm. like he is built in the British wrestling tradition <laughs> it's just always funny that I'm just like oh yeah I forget he's from Sacramento because honestly at this point I feel like he's 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 honorarily British <laughs> Yeah, oh, he absolutely is. We claim him. <laughs> we have claimed him. <laughs> no, agreed, agreed. Favorite spots from this match? Um. Okay. Uh. So, Timothy Thatcher doing gut wrenches and again throwing Maccabi around like a literal child. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I like this is where Maccabi's like um face gestures were really on top form yeah. because he looks like he's begging someone to help him <laughs> yes he's getting the audience going help me help me um thatcher with the uh thatcher with the crab oh yeah he sits that in and then something is man man that looked painful <laughs> Um, please tell us, Daniel. What's is, that this painful? Is, this, yeah, please tell us how painful was it being in that Boston crab? <laughs> I think yeah, it's, one, it's, it's one of my favorite cross-cultural wrestling things. That like in the in like the American popular wrestling world, like the Boston crab is just like nothing. And then like in the independence and Jap and Japanese wrestling, the Boston crab is a death sentence. Yeah, the Boston Crab is a death sentence. <laughs> yeah. You are in, you are here to vastly die. underrated by um the top promotions in the US. Yes. I don't know why. It looks unbelievably painful. Um no, and then also um Thatcher sticking Maccabi in the corner and then Maccabi just going, Alright, I'm just gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have just you have just awoken the beast. <laughs> It's just so great though, because it's literally just that thing of like trapped animal, where yeah. Thatcher's just in there, just like just giving him the slaps, and McCarthy's just like, okay then, <laughs> and just squares him. So I have chosen death, and I accept this, says Daniel. <laughs> yeah, he just straight up squares him in the jaw, and there's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I liked the the shock beginning where. Makabe goes for the pitcher's punch, like right off the bat, and it's like, oh yeah. god, no, he's got, he's got this. Oh, two count. No, it's it's a great start, and it's it's a really good hot start as well. Absolutely, absolutely. For a guy who's like, he knows, he, he, you know, he knows this is the biggest challenge of his career. Come out swinging, so that way you can tell Timothy Thatcher that he, you aren't playing around. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, oh, just uh, I feel the ending for this match as well was was yeah. truly fantastic. The 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 quick kind of like transition into the the Makabe lock for the shock tap and win as well. Uh, and, and Makabe again, his facial expressions so on point. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even look like he's happy that he won. He looks like he's happy that he's alive. <laughs> exactly. No, genuinely though, that's it. That is uh, no, that is it for sure. Uh, final rating then for this match. That's another. This is another four. This is another four and a half star. This is a just absolutely great. Yeah. You know, honestly, for me, for me, it's a five. Oh, it's genuinely it. a five for me. I think this is a great interplay between between the two wrestlers it it's genuinely that that person going up against the odds and like staring death in the face you love a good story like that in wrestling don't you and like, like everyone does and and, and as well it, it, there's a there's like an added layer of like the local hero yeah um and then, and a lot of the stuff, like as well, afterwards, where with Thatcher just being like, "Okay, yeah, you got me," yeah, and then obviously passing over the scarf and everything like that, and it just, I feel like this comes together as a really good, I mean, both as a, as a fantastic technical match, but also um, just an amazing piece of wrestling storytelling. Yes absolutely agreed i am i yeah it's it's five stars for me this one <laughs> for all of those reasons noted uh and and, and then some um uh, you just wouldn't think uh in a place like three two one battle you would have a match as, as incredible as this and i tell you man the fact it's free on youtube for people to watch as well is yeah. insane <laughs> It's such a good match. Five stars from me for all of those reasons. So, match four. After the match, as Dan said, Timothy Thatcher goes and say, uh, uh, goes on to the... cuts a promo to the audience saying, you know, this scarf here says, Demata ist heilig, which in German is the ring is sacred. And nobody exemplifies that more in a 3-2-1 battle than Daniel Maccabe and hands the scarf to Maccabe. And he's cheered, you know. He is the hero that overcame Timothy Thatcher. So, with all that, a year goes by and you can definitely see with each subsequent event that 3-2-1 Battle have hosted, Daniel McCarbe is becoming a little bit more serious, much more serious than he ever has been in the company. He's asking for actual referees instead of lifeguards. He's putting on wrestling demonstrations, showing people this is the proper way to be a technical wrestler slowly and slowly the crowd are booing him more he's becoming more of, of a heel and this eventually leads up to him winning his first solid steel championship solid steel uh, i had to get that one in <laughs> this of course leads to wet hot seattle summer 2 in 2018 the rematch of daniel mccabe versus timothy thatcher now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, Reardon, because of time constraints here and there, you haven't been able to properly watch uh, the second and third matches, correct? Unfortunately, due to time constraints and life getting in the way, I wasn't able to 
So I will quickly listen, listen to you guys rant and rave about how good these matches are. Awesome, Go. awesome. So Go. yeah, Dan, thoughts and feelings on uh, on the second match. Um, I mean, I love the adjusted dynamic. Yeah. Of where obviously at first it was Thatcher that was demanding for the ref and coming out with like the solid stare on his face. Mm. Whereas this time now it's Makabe that's doing that, mm. that's making those demands. So you can see there's very much this changed and developed character yeah. um, from the first time. Um, and then again, even kind of in reflection of that, you kind of see Thatcher kind of not actually play up the crowd, but really soak in the crowd more. Yeah. He looks a little bit more smug. <laughs> yes. In a weird way. Um. But no, it's it's a great little continuation um, of this kind of story that's developed through three two one battle and kind of led to this second match happening. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely agreed on this one, and, and that's 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 the thing. It feels in terms of like the storytelling, like Thatcher, he's got a bit more of a renewed kind of cocky, smugness and and confidence because he knows, look, you had my number before, but it's been a year. I kind of know what you're like in the ring now. Yeah. And I feel that is exemplified in this match as well. It's again, it's this one is a lot more tit for tat. Like it's because most of the first match was Thatcher dominating Makabe for yeah. this one in particular. Again, with Makabe having a year, having a great year in 3 2 1, and Thatcher having an incredible year uh, of 2017 and 2018, both of these guys now are much more confident in their own abilities. And oh, yeah. you can tell in this match with it. They're now, it's less David Goodliar for now, we are equals, and we're going to be jockeying yeah. for position this entire match. Well, yeah, because I said the one that, I mean, I. I... Do we want to get to spots? But oh, absolutely, yeah. Going to spots now, yeah. Um, it's not really a spot, but one of my favorite things that like the opening two to three minutes this is just a grapple scramble. Yes, oh, I loved that. Like it's just a full-on scramble of them just trying to gain guard. <laughs> yeah, and so they're just there, like pulling each other down by the shoulders, just like trying to get into a guard position, mm. and then. Like it doesn't change until like five minutes in when Thatcher gets the single like crab, yeah, um, which forces the break, and then they just go straight back into the scramble, yeah. And so it's kind of like it is much more tit for tat, and so you see them trading like, um, you know, like trading transitions around the ankle, yeah. And then just next thing you know, Thatcher's just there and it's like, aha, I, you see you've activated my trap card and just goes for the armbar. Yes. I love that. I love that uh, that little sequence as well. And one thing, again, we love about Thatcher, when he puts a armbar in, he looks, he looks crazy. He looks genuinely crazy, like he's been entranced to snap your arm off and beat you over it with the wet end. Um... You get like lots of great stuff, like where Makabe has Thatcher in the corner, and mm. then does like he does like the chop block to him while he's in the corner. Yeah, oh, that looked vicious when he did. And then just straight up, just elbows him in the neck. That's great. The trio of drop kicks to Thatcher as well as he's draped over the over the ring rope as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I do. He does do a good drop. Makabe so, does such a good drop kick. 
It has a great backdrop suplex as well. I love the double underhook suplex as well. Like the the snap. He oh, the gets, double underhook's fantastic. The snap he gets on a double underhook suplex is a incredible. <laughs> I mean, also as well, not to not to downplay it, Thatcher's selling. <laughs> Thatcher's selling is great. Thatcher sells mm. a punch incredibly well. Like nah, he, my favorite one, my favorite one is Timothy Thatcher selling the bump off the turnbuckle. Yeah. Like I love how he tenses like his shoulders and like his neck and shoulders up. Yeah. And flop like flops the rest of his body. It's like ah <laughs> If you got if you if that's an audible that is the audible description of him doing that, by the way, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um there's as well, like Thatcher working to block the Makabe lock and then transitioning out of it. Yeah. And then just like clubbing him in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> like- is absolutely fantastic. But um, as I said, like the thing that's so great about this is again that fear of like you can see a learning progression. Yeah. It's like from the last time Thatcher has learned, Makabe has learned, they've gotten better. And so you have that finish with with Makabe going for the pin and then at the two count, Thatcher just being like, ah, you didn't see this one coming and just cinching in the armbar. Yeah. It's, it's genuinely like the two of them have learned and have come prepared. Yeah. And again, it's a thing that I think is so much missing I mean, I would say from WWE, mm-hmm. um, I can't say that AEW's had many, you know, super rematches, but I have seen it in rematches that they've done. Yeah. But that, I, I mean, again, Japanese wrestling has this to a T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's people learn. And so you don't get caught out by the same stuff and you and you can bring your own tricks to the game like Thatcher does. Yes. Yes, and I feel like this this is what makes this what makes a terrific sequel uh, to the first match. Is yeah, that, is that there is there is very in every aspect noticeable progression. It's like this is how you write a story, folks. You get these guys to become more uh, have more prowess, and so for the next time they meet, it's a wholly different match to the first time they yeah. met. <laughs> so final rating for match two uh personally i'm actually giving this match a four Mm -hmm. Um, i think it's a very very good technical match um there's a lot of great moments and um really a lot to take out of it especially if you are a wrestler in training Mm -hmm. this is definitely a match worth watching um to get that sense of the technicality but also how you could again how you can tell a story through you know through the physicality of it yes yeah this for me um, this yeah oh God, sorry sorry Dan. yeah it's, a, it's just through how you can go through the physicality um i think the thing i think the issue that comes with it is it does come after a match which tells a fantastic story in itself self-contained yeah um, but don't let it take away from this match honestly if i was thinking about this in isolation and not as part of the trilogy, I could probably say it's actually a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably jockey between those two. Four point two five to be safe. 
I was going to go 4.25 for my rating as well. Um, for, for, for those reasons, again, for those reasons above, as well as being, it's not, it's not, oh gosh, it's not a bad match. It's not, as it's not. No, 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 no. But it, like, it's a fantastic match. But when you go from such a really great standalone to this one, uh, and again, but as I said, like, this match is such a great sequel to that one. Such a great sequel to that one. <laughs> Alrighty, so we get to the third and final match from Wet Hot Seattle Summer 3 in 2019. So Makabe has become a two-time Solid Steel champion. Solid Steel. And he's becoming even more confident. He has travelled many other places in the Pacific Northwest. He has certainly made a big name for himself. So he comes back to Wet Hot Seattle Summer 3 to finally close out the rubber match between him and Timothy Thatcher, his maestro, as he so eloquently puts it in his, in the promo packages and kind of just the pre-match uh, interviews. So, thoughts and feelings on this one, Dan? Um, I mean, as a closer to a trilogy, it's certainly a great. It's certainly a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of uh, great things to get out of it. Again, that same kind of learned atmosphere yes um again it's kind of an interesting dynamic in this one is that they're both preempting each other yes uh they're I'm... kind of it, it's kind of that chess thing of having to play like five moves ahead yeah uh one personal one i like about this one is that with that they are both calling back to the previous two matches to go, oh, oh, do you remember this one? Oh, oh, oh all right. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. You caught me. You caught me. I won't do that again. Sorry. <laughs> they're just there and they're just having to find new ways to one-up each other. It feels, this feels more like a, like, dare I say, this feels more shoot-like in a sense where it's like both of them now have to figure on the fly how to yeah. one up one another when they realize that oh <clears throat> oh crud we both know our repertoires in and out we're gonna have to pull some yeah it's kind some of it, i think an interesting part of this dynamic is that obviously they have stuff they want to go for but they know that they kind of can't do it mm. so they're always having to kind of like modify they're always kind of having to do things slightly differently yeah and it's kind of that thing of like well how can all right how can i catch them out it's so you see lots of things like um compared to the previous ones uh so one thing that makabe often tends to do in this match is when he has wrist control he's doing it with both hands yes it's like that thing of like making sure being assured in it yeah like uh, absolutely um again it's another one that i really do like appreciate uh in this one as well in particular is that uh thatcher of course this is after of course he's kind of like ended his um association with ring for now is kind of yeah full-on back in the american <clears throat> indies kicking ass especially in mlw as well and so this is a kind of a man with a renewed kind of vigor 
and kind of like passion yeah. for the for the sport. And this, and I feel like it's exemplified in this match as well by the way he 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 goes into moves, he transitions and and uh, does waist locks, suplexes, and and punches. Like you can tell that this this is a different Timothy Thatcher from the the Timothy Thatcher we saw in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, no, but, absolutely. But still the same scary mofo that we all come to know and love. No, it's still absolutely the same scary guy, and he's still just as terrifying as ever. <laughs> uh, favorite spots from this match, Dan? Uh, well, my first one is the uh, the referee coming out to the ring after he's just been to the toilet. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's a personal favorite, um, and the fact that they don't even question it. <laughs> yeah, so my hope is that he washed his hands before he went into the yeah, here's hoping. I really hope he did. So Reardon, just for context, the guy comes out with his button unflied and he's, t- he's tucking his shirt in and doing his zip up. Yeah. <laughs> Only three, two, one battle, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, again, I mean, obviously, just the starting moment where Makabe goes for the boot in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's you know, f- trying to catch Thatcher out. Thatcher immediately is like, no, none of that, please. He's got a weird sense of deja vu, Timothy Thatcher, at the beginning of the Psych, match. you fought. Um, and then again, going go, kind of going in for that scramble again, mm-hmm. trading around positions, again going for the single leg crab, not being able to get it, but then cinching one in afterwards, which looks... oh. Yeah, still looks. Just it's more as like an it's more like an STF than it is a single leg crab. Yes. <laughs> um, when Thatcher just decides, okay, I'm done here. Body slam, body slam, body slam. <laughs> um, also, as well, when he catches him off the ropes for the belly to belly, that that move goes hard. That yeah, he does have a terrific <laughs> belly to belly. Well, because I think for me, it just looks like a shoot one. Yeah. As in, like, one you would do in, like, amateur wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we, like, absolutely love that. Oh, uh, God. Gosh. Uh, yeah, like, Makabe is... This is Makabe, like, completely transcended to his final form, I think. Oh, yeah. In this match. This is the Makabe we see in the Kevin Koo match, where it's just like, this man is so sharp, so... I have become more powerful than you could ever imagine. (laughs) And that's because I'm... The the strike exchanges as well. This is because I am powered by Yokohama tires. Uh, No other reason than that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, this is like Makabe, like absolutely 100% on top form on this one uh the the crispness of the moves the crispness of his takedowns and submissions the transition into the the macabre lock to end the match was oh well where he's just raining down elbows on Thatcher's head yes because who doesn't love a good elbow to the head like repeated elbow shots to the head like i can't lie for a moment the way you were phrasing that i thought you were gonna say something else and i was about to say man i wasn't expecting us to get that joke in there <laughs> i'll tell i'll say i'll say it after we finish uh, i think i know what you're, what you're talking about Dan, which is why i'm doing a nervous laugh. <laughs> uh because if, if through the experience of how he's gone into the macabre lock he's used an elbow into the spine he's used a headbutt into the spine but this time he's gone all right no i know 
I know what I need to do to get someone into this lock, and I'm going to use this now. Repeated elbow strikes to the uh, to the back of the head and the neck. Boom, into the seated Makabe lock. Thatcher taps out. Winner of the trilogy, Daniel Makabe. And uh, the way they end this one, I think, is really cool as well. Is that like Thatcher's quite sore and quite miffed, and they both stare down each other. Thatcher gives Makabe a slap to the face, and Makabe, not wanting to take that one bit, gives him a receipt to which Thatcher goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, he applauds him, goes, yeah, 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 not bad, not yeah, bad, well nice. done. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I think a nice little poetic kind of stamp to the end of this trilogy is when Makabe addresses the audience going, this scarf here, the scarf that Thatcher gave him, says, Demata is Tylig, which is the ring is sacred, and nobody exudes that more than my maestro, Timothy Thatcher. And that's a, and I, honestly, that is such a good way to bookmark this. Dude, trilogy. I love bookending so much. So freaking much. So, final rating for this match four and a half stars. Yes. Four and a half stars. A terrific conclusion that calls back to not only calls back to both matches, but shows you that these two have now kind of transcended to their final forms. This basically is kind of uh this is this is agent smith this is agent smith versus neo in revolutions no it's genuinely a story arc and i can just all i can say to other wrestling promoters is look if you're planning something like this like think about these things yeah think about the implications that the story has Mm mm-hmm Absolutely, and it also proves that wrestling trilogies don't have to be 90-minute, dragged-out, absolute barnstormer with every spot in the world matches. No, 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 not at all. Like, again, just as I say to people, a story is good if it tells you the story. Exactly. Everything else is just an accoutrement, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Raiden, I'm guessing you'll be going back and watching these matches the way we described oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take to check these out, definitely. <laughs> awesome. So, next question then. I guess not would you have liked, but do you like Daniel McCarpe? Um And I guess, you know, because these matches are so recent, I, I mean, the question of would you have um, in, uh, uh, would have you enjoyed these matches if you've seen them at the time? I guess the, ma- the question, I rephrase is, do you like the rest, uh, Daniel McCarve, and did you like these matches? Uh, the answer is yes. yes, and the answer is the first answer is yes, and the second answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the this quickest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just got good shit. What can I say? What can Dude, I that's, say? that's the thing. I mean, obviously having seen some of his matches before i'm just like yeah no i I mean what i do want to do is i want to go back and do a a much deeper dive on his past work yes Mm. uh terrific channel that's that's something that i absolutely want to do absolutely there is a terrific channel uh called back to the yard um i believe that is run by alex mcconnell who is uh who is quite a notable name in the british backyard scene he does have an archive of all british backyard matches and of quite a number of daniel mccarbe's matches from his excursions here so i <laughs> highly recommend uh yeah so i'll probably be i'll matches. probably be getting onto that because <clears throat> just can... because I, I feel i feel like i I don't know. I'm always be, I like watching the genesis of people and like early matches. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be good for me. That'll definitely be good for me. 
Awesome. So, I mean, I guess that answers the question, the final question of will you be going out of your way to watch more Daniel McCabe matches after this? Can you believe it? But yes. Yeah. Shock of all shocks, but yeah. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely agreed. For me personally, I mean, I, I, I will always have time to watch a Daniel McCabe match because as I said, he's one of my absolute favorites in the independent scene right now. Um, and he absolutely he absolutely killed it last year uh, when uh, the uh, the uh, collective week happened. Uh, yeah, and he had a great match uh, against Lee Moriarty. I mean, that's just like a independent wrestling dream, really. <laughs> absolutely. Both... If, you're, if you're a technical wrestling fan, Daniel McCarvey versus Lee Moriarty is like your that's a pick they completely and utterly stole the collective week with that match yeah no it's true it's true and it's amazing because daniel mccarby only had a couple of matches one of them being with uh one of them being with kevin koo before that had happened so the fact he could you know after that when the pandemic happened and when things started reopening he could go back and still fire on all cylinders is a true testament to how bloody technically gifted that guy is yeah <laughs> and no. so when i heard of course, that Daniel uh, Brian Danielson had uh, his con, uh, you know, rolled over his con, hadn't rolled over his contract in WWE. My first tweet was, of course, uh, I really I mean, want to see course. Daniel McCarvey versus Brian Danielson, <laughs> 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 which you know, if if oh. Brian was to do that oh, and go to hell the Indies, yeah, <laughs> I would wholeheartedly love to watch that match. So yeah, that concludes volume four of great wrestlers you never knew and honestly i think this is the highest rated um one we've had mostly because we've we we have never we've not gone down below <laughs> four so that's crazy yeah no yeah. it probably is i want to say the last time we probably kept it this high was probably nigel mcginnis yeah it would have been i think it would have been nigel I don't know. Maybe one day we should do a stat sheet for these or something. I don't know. I feel like we should. I I, I will keep. I, I will go back to watch, uh, listen to I the might. episodes, <laughs> and keep that all start up. So no. Maybe to... that can be a novel idea. <gasps> oh, you know what? That's a perfect opportunity for something we need to announce at the end of this podcast, wouldn't it be, Dan? Oh, absolutely. So, f- before we get to that, thoughts and feelings on this episode, gents. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say it to people as, um, <clears throat> uh, as my friends in our wrestling group chat will never, well, will always be tired of me saying because they were tired of me saying it from the first time I said it. But I'll never tire of saying it. There's a whole world of wrestling out there. Yeah. For you to find, um, and if if you know what you like. I can guarantee you there's probably someone out there on the independent scene that's doing it and doing it well. Yes. Uh, That's half the reason why I created this little series uh, for the podcast is to get a casual fan to go, oh, you know what? That guy sounds really good. Maybe I will go out of my way to watch a match or two of his. Yeah, no, I've always said to people that, I mean, I'm very much one of those people that believes in variety. Mm -hmm. It's the spice Um, of life, as they say. (laughs) It is the spice of life. Um, and I say to people, like, there's a whole world of people out there just doing different stuff than what you're normally seeing. And there can't really be much wrong with taking in different things and different styles um, and learning about different ways of doing the same thing, breaking mm. out of that idea of, oh, you know, wrestling has to be this or this. Yes. Without question. 
without question. Okay, well, if you are still listening, thank you ever so much for getting to the end of this episode. We, as, as ever, we massively appreciate it because we have quite a big announcement to make. Yes, we do. Yes, so, we do. So we've been going at this for over a year now, and we've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this little podcast that less so could. on less so on the blood so far oh yeah, yes no absolutely but that may change still soon been now. there though still <laughs> been there though bloody noses from the hay fever there you go <laughs> but now like with with over 50 episodes <clears throat> an amazing fan base and community we have created through this we have been kind of thinking about what way could we uh be able to take it to the next level and be able to give back to this amazing little community that we have uh that we have cultivated over the years so man we could we could only think of one thing couldn't we chaps uh i mean there are a couple ideas but most of them fell off at the drawing board when we started (laughs) i mean i'm not opening an only fans i keep telling you chaps this No, I mean, I mean, obviously that was an idea that we did have. Um, it didn't get past pre-planning. Apparently, implied nudes is not good enough. <laughs> um, we also had other stuff like, um, you know, stuff that we can't do because of COVID and everything like that. Yes, um, and uh, and stuff that uh, I suggested and wasn't allowed to do because I was told that they wouldn't be safe. Um, <laughs> So this was the next best solution. Look, I keep telling you, man, I'm not going to willingly put myself in a ring with Atsushi Onita. I keep telling you. No, but what if I do it? <laughs> I'll do it. What about the insurance, man? <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the next logical step we thought to give back to the community as a way of saying thank you and to kind of take this podcast to the next level is the Sweet Chinwag is now opening a Patreon I can't believe this, guys. We're in the big time now. <laughs> I know. Um, just to speak a little bit on the Patreon, um, obviously it's a way of you, our listeners, our fans, directly um, supporting us. Um, and included within this are various things that you can give to us or that we can do for you as a fan and as a listener of us, uh, ranging from offering up um, episode suggestions um offering up various ideas for different bits of content we want to do um and that extends out into things like us making wrestler mvs about for wrestlers or songs that you want um potentially all the way through to influencing streams mm-hmm. um and future stuff that we do um and we're thankful for everyone uh, as as of right now that we know all 1500 of you on twitter that's crazy <laughs> isn't it um that have supported and followed us throughout the year um and that hopefully continue to support us as we go it's it's really freaking cool and we want to make and preface it by saying that this doesn't mean that everything we're going to be doing is now locked on a paywall behind a paywall um, oh yeah no this is absolutely not a paywall uh, Patreon is not essential to enjoying our content. Um, the podcast and everything to um, pretty much everything to do with the release of the podcast will remain free and openly available. Um, this is just to fund extra stuff uh, and bigger ideas like uh, interviews with uh, bigger people 
uh, people that or just people that charge higher rates. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's, it's and, quite... and, and also help us get around. Um, DMCA. issues around post, post, posting yeah. stuff on posting stuff yeah. on youtube which may get uh intercepted by copyright yeah. it w- will get intercepted by copyright <laughs> let's be honest here but yeah it's basically if do you if you like this podcast which we all hope you do and you want it to see it become bigger badder and better than ever please subscribe to our patreon basically yeah. that's that i mean the aim we always had was just continue to do this and just have such a good time with this and the fact that we have a community behind us now is it blows my mind and i cannot thank all 1500 of you and every listener across the world enough for d- supporting as, this as much thing. as as much as we would be there and say uh, obviously every bit of money that you put in goes to making this show better yes. it goes into production it goes into creation it helps us like i said do bigger and better ideas um, it makes my editing wo- so much better <laughs> yeah and as much as it as much as it's the meme we will not be spending this on tickets to events damn it <laughs> but yeah until um, events become content exactly yes exactly exactly wrestlemania weekend here we come no uh, <laughs> so, Ed, so that will be, uh, so that will be going live uh right about now, as soon as you listen to this, actually. <laughs> so yeah, that's on, right. Head on over we... to our uh, socials if you want to find the link or to patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag, I believe. Correct, Dan? Uh, that should be right. It should also be in the link tree. It should that's be. Right. I'll be post- <laughs> which I'll be posting with the episode. That's right, people. We just pulled an Ozymandias on your ass. <laughs> we did it 35 minutes ago. Go subscribe. <laughs> go, go subscribe. No. You are you are you are currently listening, and you are now bound to to fulfil the agreement. No. <laughs> so no, I'm very excited for this, and just thank you, thank you ever so much for making the Sweet and Wag podcast the little thing that it has become today. Cannot. But thank Sam, you do you know what I'm even more excited about? What are you more excited about, Dan? Next week's episode. Oh, nice Ooh. segue. Oh. Blimey, we are on to our next pay-per-view review. And it's a doozy and a half, ladies and gentlemen, because we are going to be reviewing Invasion 2001. Is this what you wanted, everyone? Are you? <laughs> Is this what you wanted to put us through? Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be one hell of a review, and I cannot wait to talk about Nick Patrick's in-ring skills. Yes! <laughs> but until then, I have been Sam, this has been Dan and Reardon, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for the constant support you have given us over this year and a bit, and we will see you all, as ever, on the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye! Human monies! <laughs>